The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from Crouch Behind the Tardis, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. Yeah, I'm fine. So I've got something for you. What? You kept it? Of course I kept it. Why? Because this exact leaf had to grow in that exact way, in that exact place, so that precise wind could tear it from that precise branch and make it fly into this exact face at that exact moment. And if just one of those tiny little things had never happened, I'd never have met you. Which makes this the most important leaf in human history. Oh my stars, are you alright? Fine. Marvellous. Hey, I'm so sorry. She wants to be Brian Robson. No worries. My fault. No harm done. Hello there. Clara. Ah. Hello there, Clara. She's just a girl. How can she be? She can't be. She is. She can't be. She's not possible. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 289. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this episode of Doctor Who Pachak, across the Great Pond, is Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Hi, I'm exactly here. I'm exactly in Manchester. I'm exactly ready to start the show. So you're exactly lucky that this exact thing happened. Hi, Lewis. You're very exact. Well, hi. It's good to have you back on board. Yeah, and you, you met me before I was turning... You see, at the beginning of the new year, I've got to turn over a new leaf. So you've caught me before I turn over a new leaf. Well, you know what? I, um, <laughs> I've been following you all through your youth. You just didn't realize it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That was you at the swing parks, right? Yeah, it was me, yeah. <laughs> also joining us um, on this side of the pond, on the same pond, on the same side of the pond as myself, is none other than Taras Natitian. Hello, Taras. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. I'm glad to be back. It's great to have you Hopefully back. Hopefully you can open the frequency modulated acoustic lock. <laughs> well, let's hope I can. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tress, I'm very envious over you right now because you're doing something. You're you're engaged in an activity that I once did myself somewhat about maybe about 20 years ago, give or take, which um, was thoroughly enjoyable. It, um, for me, it was um, like I said, it was it was a while ago. It was before I think it was before the 1996 TV movie. So it was before Paul McCann was. Um, Doctor Who had unfortunately run its course. It was no longer new episodes weren't weren't coming out, and I had decided to watch Doctor Who over again, starting from episode one and watch it sequentially, going from the beginning to the end. You know, so from an unearthly trial to what was it, Sur- survival? I think is the last of the um, yes at, at that point. So. And I, what I was doing, um, and, and I'll ask you in a minute how you're doing, but I, what I was doing was watching one episode per day, you know, and it, and it took me some time to do it because um, that's a lot of episodes. But I have to say it was very enjoyable because you can see you, – you're – you can you're right in the middle you really feel it i mean it sounds kind of silly but you're you you're in the error that it's made in and you see the transitions of how the show regenerated itself and transformed itself and and you're there with it right along one step at a time right along with it and it's 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 a magical experience and um, so it's something that I would like to do at some point, and maybe what you're doing now is maybe a, a, a cue for me to maybe do the same because we are going to have a look. The reason why I haven't done it recently is because there's always new episodes that will be coming out and that will kind of break into the mindset of the old, so I, I didn't want to do that. Um, but we're having a bit of a break you know, between the Christmas special and when um, Paul... Um, Capaldi comes. Peter um, Capaldi. Peter, 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 why? <laughs> he looks like a Paul to me, and I can't... My, I, okay, get, one of these get days... Your disciples, <laughs> get, get your disciples right. One's Peter, one's Paul. And we just need Mary. <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. All right, well, once Peter uh, Capaldi comes in, um, it's going to... His, supposedly, his series begins in August, so it's going to give um, an eight-month... Um, period there where there won't be any new episodes and um i, I probably wouldn't be doing an, an episode per day I, I probably would have to um double up and whatever but so let me ask you how how are you doing it well for me to fit all of the episodes in before mid-august which is when i'm expecting the new series to start i i have no inside information that's just my guess mm-hmm. That uh, I would have to watch three or four episodes per day to fit all 800 in in that time frame. Starting, I started on uh, the anniversary, the 23rd, mm-hmm. with an unearthly child, and I've been most appropriately kind of getting a bit better than the the three or four episodes per day. So I'm like a couple of days ahead of schedule now, and I thought that watching some of the reconstructions would be where I would get bogged down, but actually that hasn't been the case because some of them, the stories were just so compelling that you kind of want to see the next one and the next one. And just to and, fill in, uh, just just to fill in the, for those that might not know, the reconstructions are the missing episodes are reconstructed with the audio from the episodes using like stills and and and, and whatnot to kind of fill in the, um, the missing video. Screen captures, aren't they? Yeah. 
Well, either the telesnaps from John Cura or where they're not available, either set photos or mm-hmm. even sometimes there were set videos or in some cases there were even some clips of somebody telecineing bits and pieces off the broadcast. Mm-hmm. So that sometimes is like I'm watching some of those reconstructions for the first time, I though I've heard all the audios before from the uh the bbc cds back when i had purchased them sometimes uh i haven't seen the reconstructions so seeing like random clips sometimes in an episode that i didn't expect to see any is kind of like a an interesting thing when you were mentioning uh being in the era earlier a lot of it has to do also with context, seeing some of the stories in the context that they were in. You can pick mm-hmm. up a lot of things like, for example, uh, the the run between the Space Museum through Galaxy 4. I think that's maybe where Stephen Moffat might have gotten the inspiration for the silence, mm-hmm. because you in those stories, a lot of times when the TARDIS lands, you keep hearing one of the TARDIS crew saying that they hear the silence, that the silence is all they hear. So it's mm. kind of like strange now going through this. And I'm like, is that where he got it from? <laughs> it could be. And, and there are like a lot of ideas that you see things that have gone through before. And I'm listening to a couple of other podcasts and people complaining about, Oh, like the doctor shouldn't get excited about a historical person persona. And then when I was watching the reconstruction of the massacre, the doctor was totally excited to see that researcher. I forget his name from in France. And uh, it's like you have to see the whole history of the program to to realize that the thing that you're saying the doctor doesn't do he probably did you know sometimes and you know even like um like myself who's seen it all but it's a lot of a lot of it i haven't seen in a while you tend to kind of forget the nuances and the uh, the smaller details until you kind of rewatch it again and and then you realize Plus, oh. now there's more of it to see yeah as well yeah well, I have to say, I've always said that was my favorite way of watching Doctor Who was starting from the beginning and working my way all the way through it sequentially, you know, chronologically, and it, it was very enjoyable. And it's something that I, I really would like to do again at some point. And, um, you know, it, it, the, and I said, like, since 2005, since the series has come back, there's always new episodes. And for me, I was doing one episode per day. So it was actually like, two, I, I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but I think it was around like two years it took me going from, um, you know, just watching one episode per day going to um, beginning that to end. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we know, the the upcoming episode is going to be the eight, 800th episode, I think. Now, but of course, if you were doing this 20 years ago, uh, this is obviously before all, was, all that we've had yes. since 2005. Yeah. It was it was only up to like survival at the time. It was it was before McGann. That would have been 695. Yeah, so about two years is, sounds about right then. But it, it was thoroughly enjoyable, and it's something that I, I really like to do again at some point. 
Um, you know, and it's not a big commitment because it's only a, an episode, a typical episode's 24, 20, you know, 25 minutes at, at most, whatever. So it's it wasn't like a big commitment to do. Right. Well, you do have the odd 45 minute yes. episodes yeah. at one point. Uh, that's true. And the 90 minute special. Mm hmm. But like I said, for the most part, it was around 25 minutes per yes. episode. Yes. And I think you're probably absolutely right about Stephen Moffat taking inspiration from the classic. I mean, uh, uh, not part of our news, I don't think, today, but on like the Doctor Who News dot net, there's an article there about uh, Stephen Moffat praising the uh, remembrance of the Dalek, the Sylvester McCoy episode that didn't actually appear on the 25th anniversary, but actually has all the 25th anniversary references. It, I think it was intended to be that rather than the Silver Nemesis. Uh, and he, he's got, uh, what does he say about it, um, the 1988 four-parter? Terrific, uh, terrific script, terrific pacey, very modern, uh, very of its time script, very, very well directed with one of the best spaceship landings I've had, we've had in Doctor Who. Back in the day when they had no CGI, when they barely had post-production, a spaceship landing in the school playground, uh, they did it superb genius mm. a superlative story so he is obviously as many of us already know he is uh, steeped in dot two from a long time ago uh, and we're very lucky with that with the with the, with the various people that have worked on uh, dot two and uh, you know david tennant and the people who acted on it uh, now and again of course we have people uh, i mean jenna louise coleman jenna coleman i don't think she's was a, uh, necessarily a, no, knew much about Doctor Who before she joined the cast, but it, it's part and parcel. It, certainly in the UK, you it, you almost uh, understand it by osmosis. It's that much ingrained into our uh, you know uh, style and our um, heritage. Yeah, like the community psyche. Yeah, indeed. So, so I figured if if I don't do it in the Jubilee year, then. It'll be difficult justifying starting this mm. at any other time with schedules and whatnot. So this way, I know that in the 50th, I'll have my way of celebrating the 50th anniversary. I think it's fantastic. And like you said, we, ha we have this stretch of almost eight months or so that we have um, no new episodes to, I don't want to say interfere, but interrupt, you know, watching the older stuff. The upside of that, of course, is it looks as though, as we mentioned last week, that means it won't be a split to half yes, like yeah. uh, we have had. I mean, uh, I think, well, I don't know. I shouldn't put words in other people's mouth. Taris, do you prefer it when we have, you know, a season starting later in the year and, and, and you know, blasting out 12, 13 episodes, you know, on the run? I will take Doctor Who any way that the BBC chooses to, to produce it. I just hope that they continue producing it for as long as they can afford to. Well, the beauty of Doctor Who is that there's so much, there's such a wealth of material out there. So if you go eight months, there's still, I mean, there's all, like, Taras is going through 50 years of television Doctor Who, but there's also audio dramas, and there's um, there's the comics, there's the different... The, the my, novels. The novels. There's so much material out there to kind of feed that hunger that it doesn't... It, it's There's never a lacking, really. I mean, um, you really have to be a diehard fan to consume it all and have nothing left to consume because there's so much wealth of material out there 
it's um i don't think it's possible to consume it all yeah i agree because it's hard to keep track of it all it certainly is yeah yeah you'd have to be a giant sized planet to consume it all <laughs> all right i think you now you're getting ahead of us <laughs> <laughs> all right so i i guess okay, should we head for the news i guess i was just going to say that so we're going to jump into the news right now we're at the time of this recording we're one week away from christmas and that also means we're one week away from the time of the doctor which is the um the the bbc's um christmas doctor who christmas special i think it was today that bbc america has released an extended promotional trailer for it though i haven't seen it i I did see the previous trailer and you know it's a week away and i think i'm gonna put myself on a hiatus of of stills and video for it just because um i think i've seen enough already i don't want to have it spoiled in any more than i've already seen and consumed so i'm going to try to avoid anything else before it's only a week away so i i think you know i could do it yeah i haven't, I haven't watched it either um deliberately so not watched it Tress, have you seen it? I was busy watching the arc, so oh. I couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't uh, devote the time for that. But I think after recording this, I will probably uh, jump over. I think that's one thing that doing the uh, the watch marathon, the Doctor Who watching marathon, will keep me from is uh, searching for spoilers because I won't have the time to do that. So maybe the Peter Capaldi series for me will be relatively unspoiled Mm -hmm. yeah i try not to search for them but sometimes you can't help and they they just appear before your eyes i'm like oh (laughs) so i know last week we spoke about the way social media works you're gonna get hit by things from yeah random places yeah never know all I do ask is people just to keep in mind when they do post stuff, especially when it's photos or videos, because text, you can, I mean, it's one thing, you can put a spoiler tag, and you, 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 with video and, and, well, especially photos, you just see it immediately, and you can't unsee it. You know, text, you actually have to take time and, and read it. You know, it, it's just, it works a little differently, but, but, you know, like you said, um, what it is, what it is. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, one week from now, it's it's been a um, you know usually it's a longer wait because uh, from the end of the last series before the Christmas, but we had the the um, the 50th anniversary special in between, and um, so it's I'm, I'm still you know running high on that, and uh, here we are now getting um, a little more time with the Doctor <laughs> in time of the Doctor. <laughs> Uh, now, there's one thing uh, I wanted to mention. We, we hadn't made a note of it, and I, I've just thought of it now. I'm sure I saw just recently there was um, uh, a post from about BBC America that um, haven't they are one of the channels, they've put back showing the time of the Doctor by one hour because they're going to be showing a documentary uh, on you know Matt Smith's tenure as the Doctor, which strikes me as... A silly thing to do if indeed they're going to cover all his tenure because 
I know the way these channels do it. They may even be having spoilers in the documentary, you know, ten minutes before you're going yeah. to see mm-hmm. the episode, if, if they do it in that order. I don't know whether either of you guys have uh, followed any of that information. I suspect that's BBC America's produced special, that they're probably just going to, to air that. And since... Uh, the BBC has been pretty good at keeping a lock on the uh, uh. the new episodes of late that I probably would not expect to see anything spoiled in there unless it was uh, right. a major faux pas by somebody. Uh, I'm just checking on the, you know... Um Preparation, as we say, Ian, uh, as uh, Ian, never said Ian, I said uh, <laughs> Lewis. Um, um, Canada, it's Canada. Canada changes the start time of the Christmas episode to show Matt Smith's special. Canadian uh, TV channel Space will mm-hmm. be broadcasting the time of the Doctor an hour later than originally planned to make way for the documentary Doctor Who Farewell to Matt Smith. Well, let's hope they don't so spoil just it. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. because yeah, because uh, the Christmas special, and, and I don't think this is a, a spoiler. Me saying it is is basically saying farewell to to Matt Smith, you know, in, in this special. Yeah. So the documentary is either going to be, you know, uh, uh, missing its last chapter. Wait, is Matt were. Smith leaving? Ah, spoilers! <laughs> spoilers. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, actually, he's just going to change his appearance. I'm telling you, it feels like he just started. It really does. I don't know where the time's gone. It's, um, well, I guess that's an indication of, of how well he did. Moving along in, in other news, we have a um, a, um, a promo. Is this uh, Dave? Is this promo new from from Moonbase? Uh, well, the, what had happened is with um, the, this DVD was going to come out uh, a while ago, but they've they've done some extra work on the because uh, there's two episodes missing, isn't there, with the drama? So um, uh, the BBC Worldwide have released uh, artwork, trailer, trailer, and details of the forthcoming DVD of the second Doctor Who story, The Moonbase, which is due for release in the United Kingdom uh, early January next year. It was going to be released in October. But they've done some further work on the animated versions of mm-hmm. uh, episodes one and three. I know Ian um, had uh, mentioned it on our previous show about it being delayed and uh, speculation on on why that might have been the case. So, um, so they might have. Yeah. So um, it's it's pretty much um, what what they're saying is it's the they they did some fine tuning of the animation of the missing episodes. Well, well, that, that's what they're saying. Uh, I mean, they, they may have held, they may have been told to put it on hold while these rumours were going. I mean, you're never going to find the ins and outs of, of why they're held up. Maybe, maybe it wasn't up to snuff the uh, some of the actual animation mm-hmm. or, or what have you. But the point is that they're they're now going into full gear ahead of it coming out, and. Um, this is uh, about a one minute five second trailer that is available. So let's um, we'll, we'll play the audio of that here, and you guys um, out there and you know listening via audio, which is the only way to. You, there's no video version of this of this Doctor Who podcast, so that's the only way you are listening to this episode. So you can, you'll have to imagine it as if it was um, an audio drama. Here it is. You say you searched all the base, every nook and cranny. No chance of anyone hiding anywhere. None whatever. 
Did your men search in here? Well, did they? There were always people in here. So did they search in here? No. There are some corners of the universe which have read the most terrible things. There is something evil here. I saw this giant man. You'll never get inside this base. The oxygen mask. They punctured the door. A new disease starts, people disappear, and then you turn up. I don't know who you are, what you are, or where you came from. The paper. But you can get off the moon now. You've got to concentrate. Your brain is being altered by the Cybermen. Wow, that sounds pretty exciting. It does. Peter Hawkins doing the Cybermen voices back then. Annika Wills, Michael Craze, Ben Jackson, Fraser Hines. It was a season four, four episode story. Uh, first aired uh, 11th of February 1967. Oh, that was a good year. Uh, to the 4th of March, 67. <laughs> now, one thing that I find interesting about that uh, trailer is that they didn't have any uh, clips of the animation. No. no. So maybe it's still not ready yet, perhaps. I, I, I don't know. Well, well it could when be is it in a one-minute trailer, of course? When is it being released? Possibly. In January? Uh, early January. All right. So yeah. we're only a couple of weeks away. I would imagine they would have to go to Goldmaster and they're probably, you know, producing them now. So I would imagine now with the... Well, I don't know when the trailer was made. So the trailer could have been made... Uh, that promo could have been made some time ago. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, I'm I guess look, the looking forward to probably it. had to have been made early enough to be slotted into the DVDs that it's going to appear on. Yes, that's true. So that, that could explain that. Yeah. All right. And it probably had to be cleared long before the uh, animation was ready. So that's probably the most likely uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and now my my appetite is whetted after those lost episodes that were just recently recovered, uh, you know, for more Patrick Troughton stories. I hope I can get my copy before I get to uh, watching the moon base in my marathon. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have to, that has to work into your schedule. Uh, it's been announced that uh, Peter Davidson is going to be the host of the Symphonic Spectacular. Uh, most people have seen the ones that they they did uh, at the proms, which have been highly successful, where conductor Ben Foster leads uh, the orchestra and you have uh, the event with uh, members of uh, Doctor Who cast both appearing as themselves and appearing, you know, in... Uh, in in their character mode, uh, with all uh, all the um, uh, aliens coming uh, stomping onto stage and so on, or maybe coming silently on stage. Well, that is being taken uh, on tour. It's going uh, in 2014, uh, Australia and New Zealand. The show runs in Melbourne from the 31st of January to the 1st of Feb, before moving to Brisbane on the 8th of February and Wellington on the 21st of February to the 22nd. And Peter Davison is going to be, you know, uh, going along with that host. And uh, 
that Ben Foster will again be conducting. But, of course, they're not taking the whole orchestra over there. He'll be uh, conducting the local uh, orchestras. I think it's the, um, the Melbourne, Queensland and New Zealand Symphony Orchestras, uh, respectively. Wow, pretty exciting. fabulous. Mm. Good news for those in um, Australia and New Zealand. Absolutely. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, I think it, it, it really does. It. And uh, you never know, it might help Peter Jackson's cause, uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, that's right, that's he right. He wants to direct, doesn't and, he? In a related story, he's, uh, he's come out saying that he's serious about his um, intentions or his desire to, uh, to direct Doctor Who. And, and I joked, what, is it going to be a three-hour episode? And someone else, I, I, I don't know if I did it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and someone responded, yeah, just part one, and then part two will be another three hours. <laughs> I guess moving along. On a related music note, okay. uh, Silver Screen Records has announced that they're releasing uh, a CD of music from An Adventure in Space and Time. And that's the docudrama that... Um, documented the beginnings of Doctor Who. It mostly focused on um, on Hartnell, but it was the how Doctor Who came about that was part of the celebrations of the 50th anniversary. And the music wasn't Peter uh, Murray Gold. It was um, Edmund Butt had done the, uh, to my understanding, he had did the music for that. So it has a little different flavor to it. It featured a score by Edmund Butt. Uh, I'm uh, not sure if there's any additional music than that, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, something to um, to add to your collection. Yeah. Now that's uh, that's not going to be on iTunes though. That's just going to be through Silver Records, to my understanding. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Yes, yeah, Silver Screen Records. Silver Screen Records. Yeah. They've been the ones that have been releasing uh, the Doctor Who soundtracks. Oh, okay. So it might. Then it might be on um, iTunes because um, haven't the soundtracks been appearing on on iTunes? The Murray Gold stuff. I do not know. Oh, okay. I haven't checked. No, I don't know. All right. Well, that's our homework assignment. <laughs> I don't know if this qualifies as news or rumors. Um, I haven't really read up on it, but supposedly. Um, Stephen Moffat has confirmed that that John Hurt's character was pretty much introduced in lieu of having Christopher Eccleston playing the part. I don't know if that was in Doctor Who magazine or he, he had said that somewhere, but it seems like various news or, or fan sites are reporting on it. I think I saw that on io9 either yesterday or today. Yeah, I haven't really looked a quote too, from that too far into it myself yet, but... I had said in, in the... I, I think the gist of what he was saying mm-hmm. is that uh, he didn't. He really thought that the Ninth Doctor was kind of a new Doctor, but it also didn't seem that uh, the act of the Time War was something in character with uh, Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor. So that's why he came up with the idea of this... Uh, doctor that we didn't know anything about yeah well that, that's sort of what i had i think that speculated. was the gist of the quote yeah i had speculated about that and then dave had um reminded us that you know at the, on in the night of the doctor when we do see the regeneration into you know the war doctor that it's a younger 
John Hurt. So we have to assume that there was all, you know, and, and there's a quote that the war doctor says in Day of the Doctor that he's been fighting this war a very long time. So, um, you know, so we have to assume that there's a lot that we hadn't seen that the war doctor did, you know, was engaged in during this war. So by the time we do see him, it's at the end of his tenure, if you will, as the of his regeneration. I, I'm not going to say as the doctor, but you know what I mean. I, I seem to think that that uh, face of John Hurt came from I Claudius. I'm thinking it's, but I'm, I'm not sure. It could very it well kind of looks like that. It, it could be that you know, or just or from that had, era. Yeah, from that era. You know, uh, they might have had a, um, a a a face shot, a face you know picture of him, or. I don't know, but it's. I think it it worked very well, and I. It's it's interesting, <laughs> but we you know I've always said that you know in Rose you know going back to twenty oh five the first episode Rose, you see um, the ninth Doctor Christopher Eccleston look in the mirror and he's jiggling his ears or pointing he's he's checking himself out as if he had just regenerated so it sort of does sort of all work out, you know, watching it that way, you know, that that the regeneration just had taken place perhaps more or less before he met Rose, which is interesting because he doesn't remember, but he had just met a image of Rose in the moment, you know, as far as that interface goes. So, um, and then he meets the real Rose shortly after. But if, if you recall in Rose, though, we have uh, – is the character Clive has Im- images of the uh, Ninth Doctor yes, in various yes, places yes, in history. Yes, so, yes, you're right. But so it, there, there's uh, something but, there as but, well. Yeah, but that's, that, that doesn't mean it's in the Ninth – that doesn't mean – that could be the Ninth Doctor's future, but just in the past, in our past, but in his future. Yes. Wibbly wobbly. That's <laughs> <laughs> to be said. <laughs> well, when, when you're, when you're I'll time traveler... I'll the great intelligence. <laughs> the great intelligence messed with his timeline. <laughs> All right. Well, any other news that we need to cover from um, anything new from, you know, this past week? I think that probably does it all. So um, just a, a little programming note. Next, um, as I said, next week is is Christmas as we record this. So uh, what we'll probably do is um, we'll do a we'll probably return with maybe a live episode reviewing the Christmas special, which will be a you know partly studio and partly live. So keep um, a note, keep an eye on our website uh, gallifernemacy.org.pachak.net. We'll have information about that, and it will probably be on um, Sunday. I don't have a calendar in front of me right now, but it's, I think it's, the, is it the 29th? Uh, 29th is a Sunday. So. Okay. So following, um, pretty much following the Cultum Collective, they are, they are on at two. We'll probably do, we'll probably start at four and uh, between four and six have a, um, a live show, which um, will take your live feedback. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll have more about that soon on our site and maybe maybe we'll even do a, an aftershock just to remind everyone listening on the feed alright we'll be right back with more Doctor Who Podshock 
This is Pop Shock, and you are listening to Colin Baker. Well, as we record this, we're just days away from the 2013 Christmas special, the 2013 Doctor Who Christmas special, that is, The Time of the Doctor, which is uh, basically Time's Up for Matt Smith, more or less. That's no spoiler in saying that. So now, depending on how you count your doctors or count your regenerations, this is either the 11th Doctor going on to the 12th or, or the 12th going on to the 13th or... It's somewhere in there. And so that being the case, I thought our selection for this week's Audible um, audiobook could be one that has some relevance to that. And by that, I mean a story from The Trial of a Time Lord, uh, one that features perhaps um, The Valyard, which I won't give anything away there, but... Uh, this is um, The Ultimate Foe, and it's well before I introduce the story. Why don't I just remind our listeners that Audible is the premier provider of digital, digital audiobooks. They have over 100,000 titles to choose from, and as you know, they cover all genres. genres. Um, thrillers, business, romance, comedy, and of course, science fiction. They have like, I don't know, they they have like over 180 some odd Doctor Who titles available. They're constantly adding more titles all the time. The, um, Audible titles will play on your iPhone, your Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. And for you, yes, you, I'm talking to you. Yes, yes, you're the one I'm talking to. Listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. Now, you can cancel anytime and keep your free um, audiobook. Now, how do you get your free audiobook? Well, go to audibletrial.com slash podchalk. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchalk for your free audiobook. Now, we're rec- we're, uh, you can choose whatever you like for your free audiobook, but as I said, we'd like to make suggestions, possibilities, give you an idea, a little taste of what they have to offer. So uh, they're available on Audible is Doctor Who, The Ultimate Foe. Now, this is part of the Trial of the Time Lord, a Trial of a Time Lord story arc, and um, it features Michael Jaston as um, the narrator, who also played um, the Valyard in it, and it's written by Pip Baker and Jane Baker. So uh, let's hear just a little taste of it right now. The charge must now be genocide. Genocide. The doctor's face blanched, contrasting with his colorful patchwork coat. Snatched out of time to stand trial for a crime of meddling in the affairs of other societies was traumatic enough. But the new charge echoing around the court carried with it a greater penalty, the ultimate punishment. When a Time Lord is brought before the bar of justice, it is to no ordinary tribunal that he is transported. But then, as a member of the most remarkable species in creation, this is only to be expected. Plucked out of time, the accused is incarcerated in a beam of turbulence, which lances through the vast reaches of the four-dimensional universe to penetrate a unique dimension, 
where all the processes of existence hitherto experienced are suspended. Hovering in this singular vacuum is the venue for the trial, a vast, incredible space station. Constructed like a Baroque cathedral with dozens of thrusting spires and straddled with porticos, the gargantuan hulk is embellished with a Rococo scroll, glorifying the achievements of the Time Lords. In acknowledgement of the gravity of the proceedings, a perpetual electric storm of Wagnerian magnitude leaps and dances with unabated fury. This was the dramatic setting into which the doctor had been pitched. From the prisoner's rostrum, he watched events unfolding on the giant matrix screen that dominated the court. The matrix contained the memories of all the Time Lords, and from there, the black-garbed prosecutor, the Valyard, had extracted two cases to present in evidence against the Doctor. Interference on Ravelox, and aiding the brain transference travesty planned by the gruesome Sill. Neither case caused him particular concern, because of the strong submission he intended to offer in his own defense. The tale of the terrifying vervoids, those plantoid creatures who had infested the intergalactic liner Hyperion III. Only his resourcefulness prevented the homicidal monsters from reaching Earth. His intervention saved the human race. Having concluded his evidence, he awaited the Inquisitor's declaration of exoneration. In vain, it had been the Valyard who spoke. Every vervoid was destroyed by your ingenious ploy? Apparently a guileless question, but the doctor had realized where the vengeful prosecutor was leading. My lady, he said to the white-gowned inquisitor, had even a leaf survived and fallen on fertile soil? Yes, that's uh, Doctor Who, the ultimate foe, though it's sort of like, um, that's pretty much relevant to, uh, to the whole Trial of the Time Lord series there. So uh, you can check it out on Audible. That could be your free, your free audio book, or you could choose whatever that you would like that they have to offer. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audio book. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audio book. The rings of Akaten, it's a holy site for the sound singers of Aket. The who of what? Seven worlds orbiting the same star, all of them sharing the belief that life in the universe originated here, on that planet. Oh, life? In the universe. Did it? Well, it's what they believe. It's a nice story. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they from? Oh, you know, the local system, mostly. And what do I call them? Well, let's see. Ah, there go some Pam Babylonians, a Lugalirakush, uh, some Lucanians, a Hulavoo. Ah, what well, what are they? <laughs> 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 that chap's a 
terror berserker of the Cadonian belt. You don't see many of them around anymore. Oh, that's an ultra manta! You know, I forget how much I like it here. We should come here more often. You've been here before? Yes, yes, yes. I came here a long time ago with my granddaughter. Hang on! <laughs> Welcome back to Dr. Upachuk. And if you haven't caught on, we are reviewing... Uh, the next episode of Doctor Who, which um, following our, our on the heels of the Bells of St. John, is The Rings of Akatan, and that's um, a clip from that right there. And I guess before we go any further, I, I should sound the spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 All right. Well, you get the idea. Um, from this spoilers. point on, there will be spoilers. So uh, be warned if you haven't seen The Rings of Akatan, um, you may need to uh, take this episode of Dr. Pachak and put it in your pocket and, until you do, and then you listen then. But since this, um, I think this went out in April of this. Sixth of April. Yeah. So we're, we're going to imagine that maybe most of our listeners now have seen it already. But I know, as with, you know, as always with Doctor Who, you have new fans coming in, um, new listeners coming into this show all the time. So there are different points, you know, watching Doctor Who. So, um, you know, that's why we, we continue to do the spoiler warning, even though it might be, um, you know, six, seven months later after it's been aired. Um, we're we're catching up. And if you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Yeah, exactly. Buy the DVD, the Blu-ray, download it from iTunes. There are yeah. many ways to see it. So, and, and you know, we're obviously catching up on some lost reviews while we were on hiatus, recovering from, from Superstorm, Superstorm Sandy. So, uh, I just want to thank everyone to you know that that are listening, that have continued to listen. Um, you know. A lot of you are still listening to the show, even with the hiatus that we went through. And, you know, and I, I humbly thank everyone for their allegiance and, um, and, and sticking through, through it all. So thank you. Though maybe after this review, you might not be thanking me anymore. But, uh, <laughs> I'm prepared, I'm prepared for hate mail. <laughs> that thanks goes to Peter Paul, Peter Paul and Mary as well. Yes. All right. Well, um, this is um, uh, which you know. Just um, sometimes we get we we jump into the review and and sometimes we forget to make a mention of, of those that made this 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 story possible. This um, episode of Doctor Who possible, which um, was written by Neil Cross, uh, directed by Farron um, Blackburn, and it's uh, forty four minutes. And as um, as Dave had said, it went out on the sixth of April, twenty thirteen, and it's, um, right on the heels of the bells of Saint John. Indeed, yeah, it had uh, uh, an AI index of eighty four. Overnights were five and a half million. The final rating, I think, was uh, seven, nearly seven and a half million, uh, which was respectable, not the highest, but the the uh, the AI index. And, th and this was actually a little bit of a. Uh, as far as I remember it, one of the Marmite episodes that uh, some people absolutely loved this episode. And other and people was, um, didn't. Yes. And it was still in the top 20. Yeah, I have to say, I'll, I'll the, come out... On British television for the, for the week that it aired. 
I have to say that uh, this this sort of joins the league of love and monsters and um, fear her for me as far as um, my, uh, my Doctor Who index. Uh, I have to say that the first fifty minutes isn't so bad. It's just after that, uh, and, and 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 again with anything with these reviews, it's it's all a matter of opinion and um, you know and taste and um, you know p- people different people enjoy different things in Doctor Who and. I, as I said in our review of um, the Bells of St. John, is that at first watching, when it first came on, at the very first, I, I knew it was going to be you know somewhat tech-based with Wi-Fi and all that. And, uh, and, and often is the case is that they may get a lot of tech stuff wrong, which then interferes with your enjoyment of the episode. And that really wasn't, there was a couple things, but nothing, it was forgiven. There's sort of like an allowment that I have of, stuff that I can forgive before it just becomes too much and I can't buy it anymore. And unfortunately, this crossed that line for me. And that line might be different for other people, but for in this story, it just seems um, once the, the Queen of Years, which I believe her name is Mary, appears, it just seems to really just go all out. And as far as believability goes, it, just, it was just too much for me to... To swallow it all. It was certainly a lavish looking episode. I mean, uh, uh, we we had the uh, all those aliens at the beginning, yes, a little yeah. bit like something uh, out of a, a major film, and and maybe these were some of the um, the, the the ideas and concepts that they'd come up for uh, an earlier episode that never got uh, where well, they had to to cut it out, um, and. Um, Th- that was great. I mean, there was that reference there where he said uh, oh, he'd been there before with his granddaughter, yes. which was which was a lovely little thing. And the actual uh, first uh, coming out of the TARDIS and the, you know, the because the, she want she didn't know where she wanted to be taken, uh, and so she said somewhere fantastic, really so spectacular. And in, in that sense, the Doctor delivered, you know, taking her out of this, this sort of uh, rocky asteroid, uh, looking towards now. Uh, there was some speculation. I mean, he does refer to this star system with uh, seven planets. We do see the sunlight coming off from the left. Uh, but, but unfortunately, this planet that he's, he's, he's looking towards is more of... Well, Taurus is the man for this, but it looked more like a gas giant, you know, sort of a mm, Jupiter-sized yeah, gas yeah, giant. That, that was my and assumption. And yet they seem to refer... But they seem to refer that that's where life started. Now, whether it... it I mean, I don't know whether... I don't think a rocky world can change into a gas giant. I mean, we know a star can change into a, uh, you know, a a red dwarf or whatever. But um, planets, I didn't think, actually changed in that sense. So that didn't seem strange. I mean, I think some people thought of that might be the sun because they saw these asteroids uh, going round it, but I just assumed that that was, you know, part of the rings of uh, Akatan. Uh, so that was that was really well done, and there were some thoughtful things. But the, the moment for me that it it um, started to to jerk on me was the, um, uh, the the going across in that little space hopper vehicle yeah, the, the um, scooter with no yeah with no, I mean when the girl, when the young girl the singer is is uh, pulled off her ledge she's she was she's in, doing the yeah, song in this bubble she, yeah bubble that looked as though it had an atmospheric and it, it was obviously some sort of power thing but it was keeping her alive keeping her from freezing in space. But they seemed to jump in this thing, and there was no... Yeah, if there'd just been a pale green glow around it, 
um, that all was all I was asking for. Yeah, that, that that's that's one of many there. There, um, the, the the, I mean, the girl can sing across the vacuum of space and can be heard on the other asteroid. It's it just it just seems to be one after another of, you know, if it's a, just a few, you can sort of you know, chalk it off to art, artistic license or, or or just grin and bear it. But it just seemed. All of it just seemed a lot, just too much. Too, it was just too overwhelming. The whole leaf thing. It's. I mean, did did it really need to knock his her father off the road? And it was just a leaf. And and in all these years, it never dried up, never crumbled away. And then at the end, it's used to to save. You know, this magic leaf comes to the rescue. Clara comes and um, uses this leaf. It's the most important leaf in human history, really, just because it... Okay, granted, Clara eventually goes to save the doctor, and but she doesn't know that yet, and she's saying it's the most important... I mean, for her, yes, but for in human, in human history, and this uh, planet creature, whatever it is, consumes it, and it's just a leaf. Well, if you take... If you take a look without the doctor, what would Earth be like? Well, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't know that yet, though. She doesn't know her role in that yet. So she's calling it the most important leaf in human history. And in hindsight, yes, we might be able to see that as the case. But in in this point in time, in Clara's timeline, she doesn't know that. Yeah, but the, 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 I mean, that's invoked by something else. But that's jumping forward slightly. I mean, one of the things is, I mean, I could, I could believe the fact that she was singing in as much as she had this amphitheater behind her, so the people in the amphitheater could hear her. They were in the atmosphere. I assumed that she was standing on this little pedestal-like thing, and and that way was in some way electronically connected. Our uh, well, in so some way, a, if, if there was uh, a visible microphone, it would have lent credence to it. But I don't. It's just. It just seemed like like one after another. It just it, it was for me. It was just too much for me to buy. I, I ran out of well, money. Well, the, well, well, the some of this technology has kind of a precedence in the Doctor Who world. With uh, if you recall, in the Satan Pit, they had the uh, the oxygen field when they were going to mm-hmm. where there was no air. So that kind of stuff has been done before. Where you, you, at least then they explained it, but I, I don't know if you really need to explain these things if it gets in the way of the story. Yeah, uh, I mean there were a few uh, incompatible things. I mean, first of all, when she was taken across, there's this, this um, uh, alien in this uh, yeah, glass, this transparent box, glass which, which, cage, whatever it is. That took me, that took me back to uh, you know the tr- the uh, Tracken uh, story. The um, uh, oh gosh, um, you know the, the with the tracking and the statue and the uh, the enclosure there and that. But anyway, the the other thing that then took me out of it was the uh, was the face forming. You know the uh, in the, the um, yes the yeah. uh, the sort of Halloween pumpkin mm-hmm. uh, look of that, which spoiled that for me. But uh, there was no doubt about it, it was lavish. But again, this this is the side. Of Doctor Who, when it's sort of more fairy tale and it's very so, much I mean, fairy tale and magic in this yeah, story. Yeah, well, there's that, that but you, there is the two-edged sword, as you say. If if they do sciency ones, then people will pick them up if it's not exactly right. If it's if it's the fantasy fairy tale, then you could argue, well, anything goes because it's a fairy tale. 
but then you lose the people who want. Well, why did that happen? And why? Did, so it. it uh, I mean, if it showed the doctor waking up uh, after this and it was all a dream, I could buy it easily. But it's just yeah. otherwise, I just can't buy it. I mean, this creature well, is in this in this glass cage. It, obviously, it's it's it has it has teeth. It's ferocious. Yet it's we don't know how long it's been there. It doesn't seem to eat meat. It's eating souls. How does it maintain itself? It doesn't doesn't. There's just a chair. Does it doesn't eat? Doesn't deprecate? It's and it just he just has the clothes on him. It I it's just a lot of it is just too much to buy. Well, the thing that, that that failed for me was later on, but uh, I mean, we've sort of pinned our. That, well, I've you know, you definitely uh, were put off with it. I, I found it wasn't. What, although Ian loved it, by the way, I'll go on record saying Ian the Sixth Doctor loved it. It's one of his favourite stories. Taris, what's your feeling? General overall feeling of this story? Well, within the context of the uh, the season or the, the half of the season with Clara in it, from the the mid season break. I, I th- feel like it's one of the weaker stories if you take it by itself. But if you look at it in the context of this, the story arc of the season, it's kind of setting up the stage for what we get at the end of the series. Right. Yeah. And it's like a linchpin to kind of point the uh the way to where this series is heading yeah uh, it's, it's a bad now, sign for me that- uh, it's just so it's, it's a bad sign for me when i'm feeling that i need that i i have the urge to to reach for the remote control while watching this and hit fast forward it's not a good sign the whole singing thing i just don't buy it I, i'm sorry dave go ahead no, no, no. I mean, I, I think that sing, thing singing was was beautiful, and uh, it's beautiful. Uh, but I just couldn't like believe that uh, you're singing to a planet, really, <laughs> and, and it turns into a face, well, and and, uh, and and it wakes, and they sing, and she's at the end. She's then she's singing for the planet to wake up, and I thought the whole idea was to keep the planet asleep, and now I don't know. It, it's, and then once yeah, again, the doctor's uh, well, using the, a sonic screwdriver as a magic wand, and it's I. I don't know. It's 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 just well it's, that, that 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 was a little they say when it was said it was changing combinations so many trillions of times a second and so on. But yeah, but uh, what slightly put me off was the, the the story of the leaf at the beginning. The 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 male actor for me didn't sell it when he sort of when we first see him and he meets uh, and obviously these are going to be Clara's parents. Um, uh, he didn't sell the scene, although later on her doorstep, uh, the speech he gave that uh, was played at the beginning uh, that did sell it. Um, yeah, I don't know how he. So could, we I don't know how he could. I don't know. To the actor's defense, if the script says a leaf blows in your face and knocks you into the road, it's kind of hard to hard to, kind of hard to act that one up and make it realistic. No, 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 no. It was the the, the when when he uh, when the two come face to. Oh. Okay. And when he's he got, said the uh, most, uh, you know, uh, most exact or the most, uh, what, uh, this exact leaf at this exact time, that type, when he was doing that speech. Yeah, I uh, know he did the speech okay. He did the speech okay. It was just the, the when he's gawping at her face. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it reminded me of one of the three actors in uh, Harry Potter, the uh, ginger one, who, uh, who, who seemed to only have one look, which was bewilderment. And uh, I, I didn't think that settled it. And of course, we've had this uh, all the way through. This the, the leaves seem to change shape uh, 
from from when we first saw it in the the bells of St John. But I mean, then uh, I wonder if that was a, a conscious decision on the production's part because usually they don't mess up continuity details like that. That uh, mm-hmm. that may have been something to clue us in that time can be changed. Right. I mean, when I first saw it, um, I identified it, not that I know much about trees, but it's what we call the sycamore. But, I mean, a sycamore is a, one of the maple tree family, but it's the sycamore maple uh, that's found in the UK and in London. But uh, with its very distinctive shape, very much like uh, the maple leaf, you know, in Canada or whatever you would say. Uh, but then it, it seemed to lose that that shape, the five or six prong shape and it came into this sort of just a, 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 a almost a fan shaped shape but um i don't know whether you, how far forward you want to move on this but what the the thing that really disappointed for me although i enjoyed the the great speech that perhaps we'll hear in a, in a short while later um the the um of uh, Matt Smith, the mm-hmm. other doctor, the great speech, uh, when he says, take it all, take it yeah. all, uh, and uh, this is feeding on him, it doesn't take it all, because yeah. at the end of it, he hasn't lost any. It's not as though the doctor's wandering around saying, you know, who am I, who are you, what's this, where am I? It, there's none of that. Yeah, um, I noticed that too. Although I connect. Yeah, the thing is that when when Clara and I, I know, I think the thing about the leaf is, of course, it's you know, it's not so much what it represents, uh, other than the fact that it's all the the lost things. Now, unfortunately, from a personal point of view, for me, that had um, a bit of a bittersweet thing because uh, when the doctors earlier on, and there's a conversation where, you know, he, he was at the, the gravestone where her and her father are side by side, she's holding the book, 101 Things to Do Before You Die, and so on, um, and you see the gravestone, it says, I think the mother's um, uh, born 1960, died uh, 2005, so her mother was 45, and of course they go into this great thing about uh, a life unfulfilled, well, that is absolutely true. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. most people live a lot longer than that. But my wife sadly died at 44. So, I mean, I'm watching this thinking, yeah. you know, very personal things about it. Sure. But um, uh, in a way, uh, the the whole point was, and even the doctor uh, comes to make that conclusion for us if we haven't realised it, it's not so much what that leaf represents in what the, her mother did, but all those lost opportunities and all the alternatives and all the what-ifs and what-wherefores. Uh, and that infinite uh, variation is greater than what... Uh, no matter how many experiences the Doctor had, uh, the infinite possibilities that were cut short are greater. But the point is that when we see that speech, you actually see the leaf being consumed. Those memories are consumed. They're taken, they're eaten, they're, you know, they're, they're consumed. But the doctor's sacrifice does not seem to be a sacrifice. Uh, I remember talking to Dar Skeptical Arsha that um, we, we both felt um, that um, it should have really almost led to a regeneration of the doctor at that point. 
Well, it had this glow, you know, it it, it sort of had that reminiscence of Root because it it was this like golden glow beam stuff coming out of his chest, you know, that this planet was consuming out of him. So it did have um, a, you know, it did remind you of a regeneration, but I I still don't buy the leaf thing. I I just, you know, because not only did they have the memory, it's just a leaf. How does it pertain the memories? It it should have been consuming Clara, not the leaf. And all the all her memories is is contained in a leaf, and then all the possibilities of what could have been is contained in a leaf. Why would the leaf have this information? Yeah, it's what the leaf represents. It's not that it has the the memories. It's that it represents those memories, an unfulfilled. Memories, yeah, but I mean, we have had this in classic Doctor Who before, haven't we? We've we, we've had the um, uh, the one where the third Doctor is in the prison and he's uh, undergoing that uh, machine that's trying to extract things from him, and we've we've had other Doctors strapped down uh, w- with their minds being probed and brain of more. Not the mind so probe, but they didn't. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but there didn't seem to be any consequences. Maybe we could play another clip and just move ourselves yes. on a little bit. I was just going to suggest that. Okay. Speaking of souls. What happens? Mary, hold on. Hello. Hello, what? I'm the doctor, and you met Clara. She was supposed to be having a nice day out. Still, it's early. Yes. Huh. Are you coming then? Did I mention that the door is immensely heavy? Leave. Awaken. Really, quite extraordinarily heavy. Clara. Uh-huh. Mary, we need to leave. No. Go away. Not without you. You said I wouldn't get it wrong, and then I got it wrong. This has happened. Look what's happened. You didn't get it wrong. How do you know? You don't know anything. You have to go. Go now or it'll eat us all. Well, he's ugly. You know, to be honest, I don't think he looks big enough. Not our meat. Our souls. You mean the souls of our feet? Is that what he's going after? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It would make more Which sense to me. reminds me as well. <laughs> I, 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 when I watched it the first time, I, I, I was having the same thing I had in Lord of the Rings with one of the hobbits. Is that hobbit called Mary? I'm Mary. And is this girl called Mary? I'm Mary. And it's I, Mary, of course. Yeah, I could, you know, watching it, it's, at first I thought it was Mary, and then it sounded like Murray. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> it's, um, it's Mary, I think, right? Mary, oh, as in like Merry Christmas? Like in one of the Hobbits, you remember? Uh, I'm a little rusty with my Hobbits. <laughs> yeah. You have your third breakfast, this. You'll be all right when you've had your third breakfast, this. <laughs> all right. So, um, I mean, I don't mean to um, tear this this episode apart. I mean, it did, had um, the effects were very good. The um, I mean, technically, it, it's it's very well. Uh, I, again, it, for me, it's just science is thrown out the window. They're on asteroids. They have the same gravity. There's it seems to, it, these asteroids all seem to have 
breathable atmospheres and um, and also the the TARDIS translator seems to magically break down too because there's that barking alien. I mean the the, the alien the the makeup is good and all, I mean again I don't mean to be tra- I mean there's a lot to a lot of good things. In this Are you episode. referring to Doreen? Is that the name of the alien that barks? Yes, yes, the one okay. selling the uh, the little moped. Yes, yeah. I mean they've they've done that before, don't they? Because we've, uh, I mean, one of the aliens has got this little bottle breather, a little bit like the Hath had in the Doctor's Daughter, uh, and they weren't being interpreted by the TARDIS. So we do know that sometimes that's not the case. However, if we go all the way back to the one that uh, Tara. Um, um, Taris referenced uh, a minute ago the you know the um, the impossible Saint Pit yeah uh, when there's writing on the wall uh, and the tenth says that's impossible it's not translating it uh, and it turns out that this language was older than time time itself and so on so there are cases when that mm-hmm. could be Doreen's language is just so old that you can't translate it or so primitive that you can't translate it. Yeah, he, he does make some well, sort of anyway, reference we, about, we, about a, something, you know, he said a bad translation or something. He he does say something to that effect, you know, where, where you know, he, he's she's just adorable. And it's just, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but he says something to that effect. We've had it with the Jitu, haven't we, with the doctor going, boho, sho, cho, ho, wo, cho, <laughs> uh, you know, speaking back to them like that. Well, throughout the years, there really hasn't been consistency as far as uh, languages and translation and that was tried to be explained away with the uh, TARDIS translating things as you go along but since there's this inconsistency throughout the years we just need to accept that it exists and move on yeah it's like where it is important for the story then yes. it will probably be important. Where it isn't, then it won't be. Exactly. The same thing with uh, fixed point in time, isn't it, Tyrus? If it, if, uh, if, it, if it, it works for the story that things mustn't be changed, then, then that rule is invoked, as it were. Right. Well, now, I think because we've jumped ahead, it might be better if you just play I, the next I clip. I was just going to suggest that. We, we've almost pre-jumped in. I'm, yeah. I'm going to we'll play one last clip from it, and then we'll give our summary. I looked away from the last great time war. I marked the passing of the Time Lords. I saw the birth of the universe, and I watched as time ran out. Moment by moment until nothing remained. No time, no space, just me. I walked in universes where the laws of physics were devised by the mind of a madman. And I have watched universes freeze and creations burn. I have seen things you wouldn't believe. I have lost things you will never understand. And I know things, secrets that must never be told, knowledge that must never be spoken, knowledge that will make parasite God's place. So come on, then, take it, take it all, baby, have it, you have it all. Still hungry? 
brought something for you. This. The most important leaf in human history. The most important leaf in human history. It's full of stories. Full of history. <laughs> and full of a future that never got lived. Days that should have been that never were. It's, it's too long to, to uh, have any more than that, but, I mean, it, uh, that's when the Doctor then explains about, um, you know, the all unfulfilled, the infinite things there and um but again you hear, you hear the doctor say take it take it all yeah um, which means he's sort of um is is giving up his own this this yeah not not saying have a copy you know uh you know i'll let you have a copy of my you know uh, bi uh biography you know it should be extracted from him and I, if that's I, the way I, it's worded, I, then... I just still can't buy it. I can't buy that a creature the size of a planet is uh, is is being consuming people's memories. Or I, I just it just I, it's all too magical, and mm. I, I just doesn't make any sense to uh, me. And then the ending is slightly different as well because what you would expect. I mean, the the thing is, we can't have this creature. In fact, uh, one of the things they don't want it to do is to actually leave that planet and go off and infect somewhere else. And start consuming the, yet, the seven if, worlds of Akatan. It's going to consume it. <laughs> yeah. Rogue well, planet uh, running loose. The only thing I could think of is if, if it, those, those asteroids flowing around it will be destroyed. But presumably, the, the seven independent planets, uh, they, they still have their sun because we do see the light coming over from the, the other side. Don't, don't get sciencing on me. Don't, don't start pulling science now, uh, Dave. <laughs> science does not apply in this story. It. <laughs> in any uh, inkling whatsoever, there's no I should just no say, science. by the way, the, the, the young girl that played Mary, uh, Emilta, is it, Jones, uh, the daughter of uh, Ali Jones, you know, the walking in the air famous singer, and she's singing. I mean, they've been absolutely fantastic oh, yeah, with the casting mm -hmm. of young yeah. child actresses and actors uh, throughout Doctor Who. And, uh, I mean, she does a great job. I, I, I don't mean to, to discredit her or, or, or cast any dispersion on, on her abilities. Or, I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's just the story and, and the, the lack of science and believability that, that destroyed it for me. It's, and, you know, I, I think the acting and the, the casting, I think everything else is pretty much spot on. It's just, um, I, I just couldn't buy it, you know, from the, from, I don't want to say from beginning to end, though the leaf thing falling on his face and knocking him off the road was a little hard to, to swallow. But the, other than that, the first 15 minutes are fine. And it's just, once the queen is sort of introduced, this queen of years, you know, Mary, um, which, I mean, and again, it's not her, it's just that that's when it just seems to get a little bit silly. It just seems a little bit, you got an old god that's a planet that turns into a face, and they're singing to a planet, and the doctor fights the planet with a story. I, I'm just reaching for my remote, I'm like, let's fast forward, and this, it's just, you got these priests singing, and she, he doesn't stop singing, he keeps on, and I don't know what these three dark figures that speak in whispers that appear. The vigil. Vigil, yeah. Who, who, what, what are they? I don't know. 
The cards, I suppose. The, the point is that um, acolytes. Uh, again, I want to for Ian interject because unfortunately Ian couldn't be with us. That um, uh, the scene where the Doctor does fight them off with the sonic screwdriver. Uh, his magic wand. It's not a sonic screwdriver anymore. It's a magic well, uh, no, wand. No, no, no. But they're 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 using a sonic force against him. So he's he's. Um, He's meeting their sonic force with with theirs, and that's why the two are clashing. And you get this sort of like, uh, you know, um, where the two are meeting. That that was great, and it was well. Uh, it looked good on screen, mm-hmm. which to me made me wonder why they just couldn't have had that glow around the the space hopper itself. Yeah. Plus, now we know why he wasn't able to have the sonic screwdriver calculate fast enough to to work in this episode and that's because it was busy calculating the uh <laughs> the, the molecular residence of that door yes <laughs> from Indeed. day to doctor <laughs> i don't Would really have to give it a race yeah i don't have too much more to say uh i mean i, I, I again I, I don't want to trash it all i i think it does have merit here and there but it just the Story-wise, it's I just couldn't buy it all, and it just I remember first watching it and and having that that inkling to grab the remote and fast forward through scenes, which I you know never happens during Doctor Who, but it was happening for me in this episode uh, because I it just. I, you know, I got my. You know, the doctor says, uh, you, 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 "I suspect you're full already," and I got my full very early in this episode, and I just wanted to get to the end. So that's never a good sign for me. So I'm going to give it. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not. It's not zero. I'm giving it one and a half Tardis groans. Um, like I said, that there, there's a lot here that that does have credit and does you know is worth watching, but I, it's hard for me to sit through this. I, that's my honest opinion I, I it's hard for me to get through this episode without just wanting to fast forward through certain scenes did it improve on the same viewing then Presumably well yeah but only because i i now I, my expectations are already lowered you know um this is also coming off the bells of saint john which i thought was very good you know i gave that a four out of five and uh, you know i thought the pacing on that was great and i was um if anything that story abrupted and abrupted ended abruptly and i wanted more and at the end of this i wasn't want i i enjoyed the, the next time you know seeing the scenes because that gave me hope for next episode but this at the end of this episode i wasn't wanting any more at the end of uh, the bells of saint john i definitely was okay taris do you want to go next or should i uh i i like this story i, I think it it standing alone it probably doesn't have as much for a lot of people as it does in the context of this of the series and i could see how for some people it's not their cup of tea but i really enjoyed this this story it it kind of reminded me of the uh end of the world where you had the companion's Mm -hmm. second outing with the doctor taken to a future where you have i I saw that too i reminded me of different aliens and uh that that's where I went with it, and I think it was more as a showcase of what they could do with the costuming at this point. And they, and, and for that, they, they fulfills that out. it fulfills that role very well. Yeah, Dave. 
Okay. And, and I uh, think oh, maybe they might have been too ambitious with uh, with the effects that maybe the story suffered a little bit. It's possible that there could have been things that were were left on the cutting room floor that might have improved the episode, mm-hmm. but either pacing or or time, they just may have had to pull it out. Sacrifices had to be made, and maybe if they could have fulfilled it the way they envisioned it, it might have, you know, maybe if they they put a uh, a. a a, Maybe an earlier draft of the script had had a uh, even if it was like an enclosed a, a scooter, maybe or I don't know, so or like what Dave said, a, a glow around the scooter that might have implied some sort of force field around it. Yeah, not just because of the air, but the temperature and everything. Yeah. Uh, did you, Did you say your rating, Taurus? Uh, oh, he doesn't I, give rating. If you recall, I. Numerical. Oh, you don't. Yeah. Of course, sorry. Um, my, <laughs> my it's difficult uh, s- s- assigning a number that's meaningful when you have 799 different episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> what does that mean relative to something else? Yes, Indeed. yes, yes. Uh, point taken. Uh, well, let me say that. I mean, first of all, listening again, uh, I often do this when... Um, when I listen back to sometimes just the audio on its own, I mean, those were absolutely rousing speeches, and the music is absolutely beautiful. The costume was lavish. I mean, uh, the the scene with all the aliens was a bit over. Oh, it was a bit canteen. I almost uh, expected the yeah. It was sort of Mos Eisley spaceport type of feel to it. Yes. Yeah, and you're thinking. Ka-ching, that's another toy. Ka-ching, that's another toy. Ka-ching, that's another toy. Um, <laughs> but then he comes out with, uh, you know, with the. Yeah, I was here with my granddaughter, and you think, ah, oh. uh, we do get the the idea of, um, you know, um, the, the emotions are the currency on this land. When when she has to, not pawn, but she gives a, a mother's ring mm. over to get the, the hopper, which of course is returned by the thankful people yeah. later. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, so that is established. Uh, the love of the scene. I mean, uh, one of the things that we've done when we we presented this podcast to you is that we're, we're doing it from behind the back of the TARDIS. You don't often see around the back of the TARDIS, and and that was a lovely little moment. The um, uh, the Clara character, the the fact of this nanny part of her, you know, she comes down to the girls' level and reassures her, and uh, uh, Clara. Uh, 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 Actually, the the character and the actor probably rescue this whole story. Uh, the 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 leaf didn't get blown. The leaf got overblown. <laughs> like that one. Uh, but, but Dave, so, just just on the point the, the, with the TARDIS, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, just while you're on the um, that scene with the behind the TARDIS, it's interesting that Clara couldn't open the TARDIS doors in this episode. Yet now, if we fast forward to Day the Doctor, you know, she snaps her fingers and, the, you know, it, it's interesting seeing the progression where here she, you know, the, it seems like the TARDIS is doubting who, you know, is not giving in to her or um, that relationship hasn't yeah, been established it wasn't yet. Yeah, just one, yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, I mean, I mean... Uh, I, I mean, I just uh, love her presence on screen, both as an actress. I mean, she can do so much uh, with her face and her expressions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's absolutely uh, a fabulous find. Where 
um, you know, um, Amy, the character Amy, I found a little bit pan-faced and, uh, and, uh, Anyway, that that's me just going off in a little bit of a, a reverie there. Um, no, I liked it, um, but the, there was just too many things, and I think my overriding thought when I first watched it was, you know, well, uh, this is very shallow of me, but what am I going to say to my friends at the pub when I see them on the next night and say, yeah, that, too, that was a bit bloody silly this week, well, dick. <laughs> you know, which was... I knew, I knew that's exactly what they were going to say, you know. Yeah, that giant pumpkin that they had to bow down to. Yeah, marvellously stuck through, isn't it? You still like it, Dave? <laughs> you know this sort of almost embarrassment that you get. And and I, I was feeling it myself. I I didn't particularly like that. Didn't like some of the science around it. But there's no doubt about it. The um, that the 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 evocative music, the the um, the culture that was sort of painted in broad strokes worked really well. Uh, I'm not quite as critical on second viewing as I said. Ian Ian loved this story. This is one of his favourite from this section of uh, Doctor Who. Um, but I find that. Um, Basically, the, because it, it tells more about Clara's story than than I can have it, but it's not going to be one I'm going to be rewatching. Uh, much more looking forward to uh, the next story coming up. But um, mm-hmm. so I, I probably first time gave it say two out of five. It's perhaps crept up to two and a half out of five. But for rewatchability, no. I, I mean, I think this is almost one where I'd, I'd almost rather buy a CD of the soundtrack than rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll leave it at that. It's interesting. This is once again we see the the doctor meeting up with a current companion while he while they're younger in a younger version. We saw this in the mini episode before the Bells of Saint John, where there's a swing set scene and he meets up with Clara and of course Amelia. Um, and Amy, you know, the, the, well, they're one and the same. But you know, we saw that with um, the, the, you know, the eleventh hour, you know, and, and and other episodes where the Doctor meets up with Amelia. And uh, I'm assuming it's the same actress playing um, Clara's mother that was in the mini episode. Um, I didn't really investigate that, but that's my assumption. I think it, I think it was. I think it yeah. was. Uh, very similar looking uh, actress anyway uh, play, it was Nick, Nick, Nicholas Sion that played Ellie Oswald so yeah it's interesting in that respect so I, but I, I do hope that um, you know in, in the future we'll just have some regular companions we said that in the in in the past where it seemed like Amelia uh, you know slash Amy and, and now Clara are a bit of anomalies for the doctor to kind of figure out and um, it'd be nice to just have like a straightforward companion next time around when there's a new companion. Uh, again, that's not too. Oh, we don't want to get rid of her yet. I didn't we say. Uh, I didn't. Um, I wasn't saying her. that. I like Clara. Love her. I, I think General Louise <laughs> Coleman's doing a, a great job with the character. Well, one thing you also have to remember is that Stephen Moffat likes a complex story, mm-hmm. and he seems to. So like um, more than anybody else, like to have time as not just the vehicle to get mm-hmm. into the story, but be what the story yeah. revolves around. Yes, this is true. We, and, and in addition to Amy and uh, Clara, as you mentioned, don't forget 
Rivers' song as well. Yes, yeah. Being someone who's being met in uh, out of order or mm-hmm. different points in their life. And and in a sense, we do see her as a child at one point too, when when she's in that you know space. Yes. I mean, it's a it's a high risk strategy in some ways because um, I'm I'm still on board with Moffat, but there are there are fans of Doctor Who are still fans of Doctor Who, but they're they're almost stretched to snapping point as to you know when will some of these. Um, Things that have been uh, presaged, or whatever the correct word is, uh, whether they're actually going to be just ignored and f- quietly forgotten and swept under the carpet, or whether Stephen Moffat is is getting towards his own end game. We we now know that uh, Matt Smith is leaving. Uh, there will be some people who are thinking, well, uh, is Stephen Moffat one staying on well beyond him and seeing in you know the 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 next act to play the Doctor, you know, for for maybe a whole season, the series, is is he uh, beginning to, um, you know, put his uh, chairs in order, as it were, and uh, uh, find the door to the exit? And there are one or two other people saying, uh, exit this way, this way to the exit, yeah. exit well, this way, please. Um, I mean, people were saying that towards the end of Russell T. Davies' tenure as well. It, I mean, I'm not saying this is the end of his. This is towards the end of his. Ten, I don't know what his plans are, uh, Stephen Moffat. I, my own feeling is I don't really have. I mean, I, I don't feel that he he's. Some, he must be exhausted. He must be exhausted. You know, some will say you know in Moffat we trust and all that. And I, I don't. I'm not one of those. I mean, I think he's fallible just like anyone else. But I don't. I, I'm not at the point where. I had enough of him, you know. I just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm anxious to see what he has next. You know, what he plans next. You know, and, um, and we'll see where it well, goes. I think it all depends on whether whether he squares the circle before he, if he squares the circle before he goes, whenever that time is. And I'm not particularly wanting to hasten that. If he does that, then he'll have pulled off a fantastic. Um, to my mind, a, a fantastic, uh, uh, complex, you know, uh, juggling act. The the thing is that some people think that what's going to happen is those those balls are going to cascade onto the floor, and a few of them are going to get lost and never to be found again. If he if he continues this uh, elaborate, uh, you know, what's the, what's the word in music? Uh, music of the spheres. If he manages to pull that off then my hat tips to him. Uh, and even though I don't like the over-fairy-tale aspect to some of his storylines, yeah. if he can, you know... Some, I mean, we're going back to Series 5 with some of these things that haven't been yet answered. I think... Uh, well, if, if we take a look also at what has been answered, especially in the anniversary episode, a lot of the loose ends from Russell's era... Russell T. Davies' era had been uh, tied up in a nice, neat bow. Mm-hmm. Mm, indeed. So I, I, I think he's gone on record as saying that he's going to be delivering the payoff for the uh, the the crumbs that have been left throughout his uh, his tenure so far. Yeah, I mean, this is the. I mean, you could argue that with Colin Baker, you know, he had. A, I think it was a seven, eight year plan, even because the uh, the fourth mm-hmm. Doctor had been in the Tom Baker had been in it for 
for yeah. seven years. Yeah, Carl wanted he, to do at least eight. Uh, I mean, whether this... Well, yeah, whether it's stuff alleged or not, but that's the the perceived idea. The point is, if if uh, if people run out of patience and uh, you know pull the rug from under your feet, then you're never there to prove that you actually were a genius, and that that would come. I I think more people are on board with Stephen Moffat, uh, although I do feel as though some people, uh, you know, have reached that point where they don't think he's ever going to satisfy them in terms of that. Some people think he's perhaps a little bit short on character development. Uh, our own uh, Randall Thor, Mike, uh, has reached that point already. Ian, I think, is in the sort of um, neutral camp at the moment, wavering somewhat. I'm very much in Stephen Moffat's camp, but uh, I don't. I, I do. I do worry somewhat about these, as I say, these fairy tale aspects to it. But I, I like that what you mentioned, Taras. I, I do like the fact that within. W- it's not, time travel is just not to get somewhere that's in the past or somewhere that's in the future. The 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 time element can actually be an interplay within within the storyline itself as well, uh, and that to me is admirable. Yeah, but I mean that that goes. Yes, I think we we didn't see much of that really before Stephen Moffat, but there there had been cases in the classic era where time was part of the story yeah but it was rare and now it's Stephen Moffat when he came in he I, I we've seen it like with Blink you know um that was obviously time played a major factor in that story and um you know it's it's you have a main character that's a time traveler so yeah why it's you know it should play a factor in it at, at you know when it when it's deems necessary you know when it when it works for the story Time will tell. Time will tell what, what Moffat has planned. I, we, we have a, a new story next week. Um, I, again, I'm trying to avoid spoilers for it. Um, from what I have seen, it seems sort of, I have to say, it actually reminds me of a Russell T. Davies story because it just seems like everything is being thrown in there. Uh, that's all I'll say. You know, it just seems like um, everything but the kitchen sink is being thrown into that story. Um, but we'll see. I, I haven't seen it yet. I don't want yeah, I, I I, to I, judge it until I see it. Yeah, I think getting back to Rings of Akaton, there were a lot of elements in this uh, story, but I think for most people, the story is not equal to the sum of its parts. It kind of seems for a lot of people to be less than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's kind of what is hitting Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Because if you look at the various elements individually there all there's a lot of good stuff in this in this episode but taken as a whole it mm-hmm. doesn't work for a lot of yeah. people no i'll, I'll give you that yes. I would. Mm-hmm. like i said next our next episode of dr Pachak will be reviewing the next story which is not not the next story here but the, the next new episode which will be the, uh, the time of the doctor which is um the christmas special so um again keep an eye on our website for information if you want to join in on the live show and like i said there might be an aftershock episode that goes out reminding everyone that are just you know that are just listening and aren't um going to our website just to remind everyone about it and most likely that will be sunday the 29th after the cultum collective Oh, you know, uh, and do you want to give a reassurance to the Podshot listeners that 
within the the gap when Doctor Who's not in, we'll uh, we'll catch up with the. Uh, the, the series, the episodes following yes. the bells, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we after time, you know, obviously after after time of the Doctor, the Christmas special, we have eight months <laughs> before the next new episode, so that gives us plenty of time to catch up on uh, lost reviews. Um, when I say lost reviews, reviews that we did do because we were on hiatus ourselves uh, in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. So, uh, but then missing we'll, reviews. Yes, missing reviews. But but speaking of lost, we have those lost stories that were recovered um, you know of Troughton that we're, we're going to be reviewing as well uh, at some point too and then um, as always we, we always go back into the well of Doctor Who and um, review more stuff so that we got plenty of material you know coming forth to you um, so it's, it's an exciting time but we um, as always, we do want to hear from you, so please send us your feedback. is always welcome, and you can send your feedback to the Doctor Who public call box, the Doctor Who Pachuk public call box, that is, at 206-350-6463, and that works as voicemail, so you just kind of call it in and, and leave a message. Just uh, keep it brief, you know, like three minutes at most, and... Uh, and also, you know, try to c- include your name just so that, you know, it doesn't have, you know, just your first name if you like, just so that when we play your clip, we know how to introduce you. You can also record something on your smartphone or on your computer and then email it to us at Podshock, uh, at, I'm sorry, at feedback at podshock.net is our email address. And we do have a message from um, Graham Sheridan, one of um, our um, regulars on Doctor Who Podshock, who hasn't been on uh, recently because of his work schedule. But we do he he did prepare a little Christmas message. So this is um this is Graham Sheridan's um, little Christmas message to you. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring. Not even a cyber mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes the said doctor soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of Suntarans danced in their heads, and Mama in her handkerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn, there rose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what's the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash to open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the last of midday's objects below. When, what to my wonder, I should appear, but a man just lay. And canines tinny rear. With a little old time lord so lively and quick, I knew in the moment it must be Sid Smith. More rapid than eagles, courses they came, and wizards unshouted they called by their name. No Doris, no Dodo, no Perry and Vicky, on Chesterston, on Christina, and Donna and Mickey. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly. When they meet with a crucible, mount to the sky. So up to the top house, the courses they flew. 
with a TARDIS of screwdrivers, a comedian too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard carefully put a prancing and pawning of each little foot. As I drew in my head and turning around, down its chimney the daughter came with a bound. He was dressed all in tweed from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot, and bundles of toys he flung on his back, and he looked like a primord opening his pack. His eyes, they twinkled, his chin now merry, his cheeks were like roses, as his nose was like Perry's. His droll little mouth drawn up like a blow, and the tip of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of his sonic he held tight with his teeth, <clears throat> and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a long face and no sight of a belly. He shook where he laughed and asked for a bowl full of jelly. He was skinny and long in a right old heath, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye, a twist of his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but sent straight to his work, and filled all the stockings when he turned with a jerk. He laid his finger aside of his nose, <clears throat> and giving a nod at the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, gave his team a whistle, and away they flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a twelfth good night. Hey, very creative. Yeah, um, uh, we did uh, the Cotton Collective. We did a Christmas. We, I don't know whether we're going to get one out this year because of uh, Ian's commitments, but we did uh, a similar one based on the uh, that for our Christmas message last week. But a- absolutely excellent, Graham. Loved that. Uh, uh, Graham, sometimes known as the Second Doctor, uh, on Twitter and so on. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, he's um... and he's and he's. I was going to say he used to, he did, he used to do the uh, Professor How podcast. Yes, yeah, and he, um, and he had done something like this in the past on Doctor Who Project for I think it was for the holidays as well, where he took on um, I think uh, different personas, but he he does it very well. And um, so hats off to you, Graham. Thank you. I know you would have been here if you could. Hopefully, um, you know you, you'll be able to join us on our review of uh, Time in the Doc Time the time of the doctor which is the christmas special and uh hopefully um your work schedule allows for that uh, but speaking of the holidays i do want to wish all our listeners you know happy holidays whatever holiday you may be ce- celebrating obviously we're a week from christmas so um you know merry christmas for those that, that celebrate that and uh, and i'm not going to run through all the holidays but for whatever holidays you are celebrating um have a safe and joyous time and just remember you know, to take some time out and spend it with uh, family and friends and people that, you know, show some appreciation uh, to those that matter to you. The most Indeed. important holiday is Doctor Who. Which is every day. <laughs> well, for me, at least, for the yes. <laughs> foreseeable future. <laughs> I 
it's uh, it's it's always a uh, it's like I said, Doctor is great because there's a treasure treasure trove of even if you've seen it all, it's great to go back and rewatch stuff from the past and um, it, there's just so much out there which is um, great. You know, it's it's not like you know, it's not like I only had three seasons and, you know, and, and you know it backwards and forwards and, you know, it's it's not like that where there's just a lot out there that it's a lot to consume. You know, it's just, I, I've already said it, so. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Any any further comments? Lovely to have Taris back on the call. Oh, Thank yes. you, Taris. Uh, yes. Always enjoy your contributions. Absolutely. You're welcome. It's great to have you back, Taris. And uh, and you can hear. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And you can hear um, Dave and Ian every Sunday on the Cultum Collective on Talkshoe at two p.m. And um, that Talkshoe ID number again, Dave is. It's 54821. Remember, although we do Doctor Who, we do do other things as well. So uh, everything from Breaking Bad to uh, to uh, fantasy to TV shows and so on. But, anything uh, that's cult, yeah, anything that has a cult following. Indeed you do. Yes. And if you don't catch the live show, it's available on iTunes as well. Absolutely. It's available on iTunes, Player FM, uh, all sorts of different uh, places. Although I think nowadays that pretty much it's either iTunes or on a, a show's own blog. And don't forget, of course, the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance where you can find many, many. I think currently uh, something like... Um, uh, 105 active different podcasts wow. that either all <laughs> are in part cover Doctor. Yeah, That's um, yeah. The Cultural Collective is one of a less than one of a hundred of that, but we've produced 10 percent of the content. Uh, we've produced uh, a whole month. You, you, You're very prolific. If Taras, if Taras wants Taras, yeah, if Taras wants another. Uh, biblical task after he's finished the one he's on. Uh, if he sits down and listens to the Company Collective and he listens to it 30 days continuously, night and day, uh, he'll just about get through all our episodes. Is that twice the output of all of Doctor Who on TV? I think that's must a little more than 15 days. No, 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 if you're watching continuously, it's, it's, it's possible. We we have had trailers that have lasted three minutes, and we've done an hour dissection of it. <laughs> Speaking right. of which, I need there's a trailer I need to get to, so we we should wrap up yeah. already. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Goodbye. Cheers. have been listening to Doctor Who Parshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Parshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Parshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Where ever was that place? Oh, I have no idea. I'm glad we got away. What were they doing? 
Your guess is as good as mine. Let's hope we never land there again. Here we are. What's this? Well, we so rarely get a chance to celebrate, but this time, we must. Celebrate? Yes. It's Christmas. Don't you remember the police station? Christmas? So it was, yes. Here's a toast. A happy Christmas to all of us. <laughs> Same to you, Doctor. <laughs> Incidentally, a happy Christmas to all of you at home. <laughs> <laughs>